the Extras. I'm Sam. And I'm Mike. It's good to be with you again today for the Extras. We've got a, we've got a jam-packed episode. It's good to be back with you on the Extras. It's been a, it's been a while since we've gone together. Totally, mate. Yeah. I don't know if I've done it this year even. I mean, definitely not post-COVID. Yeah. Well, start, so I haven't been around. So I, th- I think one of the, the strange implications of COVID has been a, a shift in our preaching kind yes. of pattern. Yes. I feel like I've preached a little less. I think you have totally. as well. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> it's and good to be back. Of all the places to be, we are in Romans chapter 8, Woo! which is pretty exciting, Woo! isn't it? Totally, yeah. mate. Um, so Sunday, you had the glorious task of uh, of privilege, mate. Privilege. Oh, privilege. privilege. Yes, <laughs> it is. A, there is a sense, though, we are we are handling glorious things here, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Romans eight it's, it doesn't get much better. It, it is one of my yeah. favourite chapters in the yeah. Bible. Uh, so you were taking us through chapter eight, uh, kind of verses five to seventeen. Yes. Uh, give us a quick recap before we dive into some questions for for this week. Yeah, sure. Um, the big contrast between being in the flesh in the sinful nature versus being in the realm of the spirit, and how much better it is to live by the spirit than to die mm. uh, by the flesh, because the flesh leads to death, whereas yep. the spirit leads to life and peace. How good's that? It's so good, so good. Now, yeah, we've got a bunch of questions. We're mm. going to get into these. Um, and they're, they're great questions. I, I'm really, really kind of yes. encouraged by the, the, the way people are thinking and wrestling and uh, trying to make sense of God's words. Really good stuff. Encouraging. Uh, yeah, so keep, keep sending your texts in if uh, yeah, during the week, leaving yep. stuff on the Connect cards. Very yep. valuable. Very helpful. Yeah. All right, I'm going to start with the second one there, Mike, just okay. to give us a... Um, <laughs> Uh, just a bit of details question, then we'll dig into some of the other Great. theological ones. So um, verse 11 uh, talks there about the spirit and the language is if, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, uh, questions come in. Um, it feels like that's, that's it's not clear to the question asker what that's talking about. And so they've said, look, if, if uh, it, it talks about the spirit of him, God the Father, I assume, who raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, if that's the one who gives life to us, i.e. it's not the spirit that raises us to life, but rather God the Father through his spirit. <laughs> Is that an accurate and, and possibly relevant distinction, if so? Yeah, okay. So the spirit in this passage is described as the spirit. Mm-hmm. He is described as the Spirit of God, and he's described as the Spirit of Christ. Mm. But we shouldn't be thinking in terms of three separate spirits. No, yeah. this is the one Spirit. Uh, and it, I guess it uh, plays into the interworking of the Trinity, which of mm. course is a mystery to us at one level. Yes. And yet um, we can understand something of it. Okay. And that is that, the, that God... The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together beautifully in unison. Uh, and they are all working for each other and for each other's good and for our good. Mm. And uh, the Spirit who raised Christ is the Spirit of God, is the Holy Spirit, yes. um, and uh, is the Spirit that is working in us as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to kind of uh, make a distinction between there is the Spirit of God and there is the Holy Spirit. No, the Spirit of God. Yes. Is the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ? That's it. I mean, John, John fifteen speaks about the the Spirit who proceeds from the Father. Um, so He is God's Spirit uh, coming to do God's will, God's work, uh, and they are tightly united together. And so 
there's not a spirit over here and then God's spirit. Absolutely. There's, there's the spirit who is God's spirit. There you go. Yeah, yeah because even John 15, it, it's the Father sends the spirit, but also the Son sends the spirit. That's it, and yeah. Yep. Yep. And there's some deep, we're not going to go into it today, there's some, some deep thinking to be done there about the, the, the nature of the triune God, how, how God as three in one operates and actually... The spirit proceeds from both the the son and the father. There's yes. a sense in which the spirit graciously and willingly subjects himself to the will of the other parts of the Trinity. Yeah. Does does their bidding, uh, does their will uh, on earth um, in a way that perhaps the father doesn't uh, subject himself to the spirit. There's an orderness to the to the yeah. relationship of the Trinity. Isn't Equality. There? Yes. All equally God. That's right. And yet an order, even submission within yeah. the Godhead. That's it. And John 15 is a great place to go and think that through. Yes. Um, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about it from a different level of the, the son subjecting himself to the father despite being equal. But yeah, and, and so important things to think through, this concept of uh, equality but uh, subjection, subordination in the Godhead itself. It's yeah. an important biblical concept. Yeah, that's another extras uh, yeah. episode. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Let, let's stick with Romans 8. Let, let's keep, keep going here. Uh, okay, back to question one. Um, someone's brought this up at their prayer group, this question. Great question. How do I know that the Spirit of God is in me? Uh, the Spirit of God is supposed to be able to overcome anything. If so, why do I continue to be a sinner? Mm. If sin persists despite the presence of the Spirit in each of us, is sin more powerful than the spirit? That doesn't sound right. So how <laughs> do I know that. that the spirit of God is in me? I will appreciate some guidance on this. Thank you. Yeah, terrific. And um, great to hear that people are praying in groups just to, you know, <laughs> yeah. preface the answer. Yeah. How do we know? Well, I think Romans 8 gives us three um, mm-hmm. ways to know. Yes. Um, and the first one, and perhaps the most important one, is do you belong to Christ? That's verse 9. Okay. Because uh, we know from 1 Corinthians 12, no one can call Christ Lord except for the work of the Spirit in mm. us. And so the Spirit is both the cause and the consequence of belonging to Christ. So have you repented and believed? Are you a Christian? Yes. Are you a follower of the Lord Jesus? Yep. Um, that's the clear, you know, the primary way that we know the Spirit is in us. We could say that's almost an, an objective reality, regardless of how you're feeling, how you're going and you're fighting against sin. If you claim Christ as Lord genuinely, yes. then that, that's a work of the Spirit, evidence Absolutely. of the Spirit. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So that's kind of number one, you'd want to say. Yep. Uh, second, you'd want to go down to kind of verse 15. Um, do you call God Father? Do you mm. have that lovely, intimate, privileged relationship that you can actually address the God mm. of the universe as as dad yeah. <laughs> do you pray to god as father do, do you think of god mm. as dad um do you enjoy being part of his family yeah um that's a, another just glorious way to know that the spirit lives within you yeah 16 kind of fleshes out on that the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children so there's this sense in which if you know yourself to be a child of god because of the gospel yes that's that's the spirit's work in you Fantastic. evidence again the, the spirit is in you fantastic yeah what a privilege what yeah. a privilege and then the third uh kind of way that we can know uh comes with are you uh, uh verse 12 are you uh living not is your obligation uh to the spirit to, to put to death verse 13 
the misdeeds of the body. Mm. So are you somebody who is working bit by bit, slowly, yes, but working at uh, putting sin to death, working to become more holy? Um, perhaps if you use uh, Galatians 5 language, you know, yep. the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yep. Uh, are those things evident in your life not in a perfect way because none of us are going to be doing these things perfectly yep. but is there progress mm. and we do know that the progress is slow going mm -hmm. and that's perhaps where we get a little bit nervous with this kind of uh proof yep is the spirit in you yes. because we know that progress is slow going um we know we're not perfect yep but is there at least a desire within us to, to grow in maturity as Christians, to grow more holy, because the Holy Spirit will work holiness, holiness yeah. in us. Yeah, which I think takes you back a little bit to the Romans 7 struggle ah, thank you. from the other week, yes. where, where Paul recognises a, a struggle that by the Spirit, a work of the Spirit, he, he loves God's law. Yes. Um, and, and so something has changed in his heart, but in his body, because his body hasn't yet been caught up to the glory of God that it will be when it when it's up. He talks about that waiting for the redemption of, of his body later yes. on in chapter 8. Um, and so there is a struggle within him. Totally. But there is a sense in which that struggle, struggle won't be over until glory. Yes. But in the meantime, um, he can still say that he's putting, he's bit by bit putting sin to death and there is, your word, progress uh, through, through his Christian life, I think that's important to note. And but what, like I feel like, you know, I'm I'm still praying about the same issue in my Christian life that I was praying <laughs> about last week. Is that a long enough period to see? Over what period should I look? Yeah, I think you've got to play the long game here. Uh, I've been a Christian for almost thirty years. There are still street, uh, sins that I struggle with mm. that I have for those thirty years. Yep. Um, but there is, I can see progress. Yeah. And, and, and it's not just kind of, I guess it's not kind of steady progress even. Sometimes it's kind of up and, you know, yep. you have a little. Yep. But hopefully over time we can see some yeah. progress. So you, you do have to look long term. Yes. Um, but I guess also over those 30 years, I guess there was, um, there's sins that I'm aware of now in my life that perhaps I wasn't even aware was a sin yes. back 30 years ago. And so I'm being made more aware yeah. that there is deeper sin in my life than I thought there even was, as well as the, perhaps the more um, obvious ones. Which is a funny kind of progress because <laughs> you, at one level you feel like you're seeing more and more sin because you're just aware, you've got eyes to see it. But it's actually good progress because those eyes to see have come from the Spirit. Yes. Uh, uh, from from loving God's law, from loving God's ways, yes. uh, and actually you're seeing that what you used to think was just the tip of the problem, you thought you'd cut it off. <laughs> it's actually all these deeper uh, things within your heart that that actually God is is graciously revealing to you that you might slowly be transformed into the likeness of Christ, which is where Romans eight is sort of heading towards, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. So, so okay, so three things uh, as proofs, kind of objective, belonging to belonging Christ. To Christ. Uh, objective calling god father by the by the work of the spirit yes and then a little bit more subjective but and, <laughs> and long term but but putting to death the old life by the power of the spirit that yes. those are the three things to know yes um and, and would we would you say that the first objective kind of 
belonging to right. That's that's the unshakable. That's the key, isn't yeah. it? That's the key. There's got to be the foundation, particularly if you're someone who um, is kind of prone to doubts, perhaps, yep. perhaps um, you know, a sensitive soul, particularly to your own sin, which is not a bad thing, yes. but we don't want that to be a crippling thing. If you are with Jesus, mm. you have the Spirit. Yes. Be assured. Be assured. Okay. So I'll just duck down. At, uh, t- there's a question second from the end there, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. When you were expressing those three ways in your talk, yes. uh, do you need to answer yes to all three? <laughs> or can you be a Christian filled with the Spirit and not be able to say yes to, to <laughs> one or more of these tests yeah, from yeah. Romans 8? Thank you. So, okay, well, um, again, belonging to Christ, that's, that is the key. All right. If you can't say you belong to Christ then you don't have the spirit. Mm. Can we say that confidently? Yeah. I think we can say that confidently. Um, Secondly, yeah, can you relate to God as Father? I think that's very, very important. Um, That to belong to Christ is to be in God's family. Uh, Jesus is our brother as well as our Saviour and Lord, and that means, obviously, that God is our Father. Yeah. Um, The the third third way in terms of putting to death the misdeeds of the body uh, again, it won't be a perfect kind of putting to death, but is there a desire there um, to be doing that? Is mm. there progress over the long game? Um, you want to say, yes, that is what it means to oblige yourself to the Spirit. And so yeah. if there's no desire to progress in the Christian life, no desire to put sin to death, if you're comfortable with the sin in your life, yeah. that's not a good sign. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, that's, that's really helpful. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's push on. Um, you talked about killing sin before it kills you yeah. on Sunday. Um, someone's questioning, if we don't kill sin, can it become such a great thing in our life that we would then forfeit our identity as God's child? What does it mean for sin to kill us? Uh, Romans 8 is a wonderful chapter that... Uh, uh, in the words of Ray Galea in his little commentary on this, uh, the aim of Romans 8 is to drown us in a sea of certainty. Mm, I like that phrase. That's a great little phrase. Yeah, I'm going to use that uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Nice, nice. Uh, drown us in the sea of certainty. In, in other words, Romans 8 is actually designed to give us confidence mm. that there is no condemnation. Yes. There is nothing that will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ it's like Jesus. like the bookends of, awesome. the, uh, of the chapter. No yeah. condemnation, no nothing separate. can separate you. Certainty. So good, so yep. good. Um, and so uh, to answer the question, uh, will, could sin um, forfeit our identity as God's children? Romans 8 says no way. Yeah. There, there is nothing. Yeah. There is nothing that can separate you. Not even your own sin. Mm. Okay, and so be confident. Be, be assured. Yep. Um, no is the short answer to that question. Yep. Um, but one of the ways that God makes sure, if you like, that we cannot forfeit our identity as God's children. One of the ways that God makes sure that we do persevere to the end yep. is by giving us these warnings. Yeah. That says, put sin to death, because if you don't, there's real dangers. Mm. And so we sit in the confidence of Romans 8, and yet we heed the warnings Mm. that says, sin is serious, you've got to kill it before it kills your faith. Mm. Um, And so what does it mean for sin to kill us? I think in the context of Romans 8, it means... um, if we don't heed the warning, if we don't put to death the misdeeds of the body, then 
there is a danger there that um, it will take us, our sin can mean that we are more in, sorry, not more, that we are actually in the realm of the flesh rather mm. than the mm. realm of the spirit. Mm. And that's a, a dangerous place to be. Mm. Which I guess part of what Romans has been challenging us, us on in this series, this section from five to eight is um, who, who's your Lord? Who, who's your master? And, and if you take us back to chapter six, there's the, the, the I guess the issue of slavery and, and, and he yes. sort of lays it out as a very sort of stark contrast. You're, you're either uh, like six, um, 616, if you've got your Bible there at home, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or slaves to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And then he says 17, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from the heart the pattern of teaching that's now claimed your obedience. He sort of mm. lays it out for us as to what is the ultimate master, the controlling sort of factor in your life? Is it the lordship of sin mm. or the lordship of Christ? Mm. And uh, his little refrain through Romans at the end of each section is, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He really wants us to work out who are you, who are you, who's your Lord. That doesn't mean there's no struggle, which is the Romans <laughs> Roman 7, 7 thing. Um, and he's waiting for the... Um, the redemption of his body but he, he wrote, Paul can say I'm a slave in my mind to God and to God's law even though in my flesh yeah. uh, I, I do what I hate yes but I, yes. But I am still on the lordship question Jesus is my lord and I want to mm. I want to honour and serve him and that I think is the, the crux of it and that's the cause of the tension isn't it that we have the spirit of Christ in us we belong to him he is our lord and yet we still have these earthly bodies yeah. which have this horrible habit of sin yeah um, but even that body will be redeemed that's, and that's right. what we're looking forward to bring on the we're, day we're in that tension now of the, the the now not yet you know that's it yeah okay very helpful okay um i, I might follow that one up with the last question there mike are, okay are there places then in the new testament that assure us because we've been talking about certainty yeah, yeah that assure us that the spirit won't leave us because in the old testament He's given to people and he leaves as God directs. Yeah, cool, cool. Yep, so in the Old Testament, we, we think of uh, King Saul, Israel's first king, and uh, God gave him his spirit and then took that spirit away. Yeah. Psalm 51, David famously prays, you know, take not your yeah. Holy Spirit from me. And so we go, oh, does the spirit, can God do that for us? Yeah. But the new covenant is quite different Okay. in its nature, isn't it? Uh, God does the work in our hearts by his spirit. And so God will not take his Holy Spirit away from his people. Mm. Um, are there places where the New Testament says that explicitly? Um, I'm not quite sure. Um, but what I am sure of is mm. what Romans 8 says that, again... If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And so that clearly implies if God is for us yep. and we can't be separated from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, yep. therefore there is no way mm. God will take his spirit mm. from us. And so that's the great confidence, assurance that we're in a different covenant 
the spirit operates differently and yes. again we can be certain that yeah. God will never take his spirit from us I mean Ephesians uh, 1 when it's talking about the, the, the blessings of, of being yes. in Christ that, that sort of peak of, of that first part of chapter 1 is that in him we have uh, an inheritance that, uh, that there's a spirit who is a, is a down payment, payment. Yep. guaranteeing awesome. our inheritance yes. so if the spirit's in you it's like a a non-refundable house deposit, you know, that you're committed to yes. purchase. Yes. Uh, there's no turning back from this point. The Spirit's in. It's a guarantee yes. of the inheritance that is to come. I think that's a helpful place to, to go. Yeah, the Spirit points us to the future, yeah. guaranteeing the future, yep. um, giving us a glimpse of the future. Yep. Uh, so we are children of God now, and yet Romans 8 will go on to say... Well, we're still to be. That's those, right. Those waiting children. for our full adoption as the sons of God. But we have the guarantee. We have the yeah. first fruits. That's another little, yeah. lovely yeah. little illustration of how yeah. we have the spirit now and more to come. Yeah. So okay. be confident. Yeah. God so, will not take your spirit. I mean, to, to just press into that a little yeah. bit harder, I can imagine the question asking. He's saying, "Well, but what about my friend, uh, person that I knew who, yes. who was once part of the, the yes. seem, seemingly part of the church, part of the yes. people of God, called the name of Christ? I saw." I felt like I saw the spirit at work in yeah. them, and now they say that they're not with us anymore. In fact, they don't claim the name of Christ. They don't want to talk about Jesus. They're, they're out. What, yeah. Has God taken his spirit away from them? Yeah. We don't know what God knows. Uh, we cannot fully tell what's going on in somebody else's heart. Mm. Um, and so... If it looks like somebody had the spirit but now no longer, um, we don't have the full picture to make that conclusion. Yep. Um, we can know in our own hearts, yeah. the spirit can testify with our spirit that we yeah. are children of God, but perhaps we can't tell somebody else's. And, and that's important as a point, is it? Because I can only know the, the spirit testifying with my spirit whether or not I am a child of God I actually mm. can't know about you I can I can perhaps see some external evidence in sure. you know, I can, and, and draw some confidence from that about your what, what you say and what you do but I can't see your heart but God can and you can mm. and God can see my heart and I can see my heart so mm. I, the only person who can really know that they're a child of God is you uh, yeah shall I read 1, 1 John 2 that's a helpful place yeah, too yeah, yep. yeah. so let me read uh, 1 John 2 verse 19 yes uh, it says they went out from us but they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them belonged to us mm. so that seems to be talking about people who were in kind of fellowship with the yep. Christians that yep. John is writing to yes but the fact that they left showed that they were never really part of us. Now, yeah. that, I mean, that's really hard when you start thinking of people you know, yeah. friends, family members. Absolutely. That's really, really hard. And so we, we want to keep praying for those people. Yep. We want to keep loving those people, keep sharing the gospel with them. Mm. Uh, but we can't um, conclude um, that they did have the spirit and now don't. Yes. Um, we, we just need to keep loving them, sharing Christ with them, yep. um, with the great hope that God will give them his spirit. That's it. So that he will never take it away from them. Yeah, that's right. And see, I mean, interestingly, I, I've spoken to someone quite close to me who uh, early in their life uh, called, they'll call themselves a Christian, yeah. walked away for decades. Mm. 
came back to Christ wow. in their 50s. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, but then reflecting on the early part of their life, said, even though everyone thought I was a Christian, <laughs> I wasn't. I, kn- yeah. I knew I wasn't. I knew I was wow. pretending. And it's only now that I've come to know and wow. trust in Christ. So, it's, I mean, that's a, just an illustration, I think, of someone who... who and at that time, in, when this person sort of walked away in their, in their early 20s, everyone would have been heartbroken. Yes. <gasps> One of the saints yes. has gone and yes. given up their faith in Christ. But now... As they look back, they say, oh, "No, I was I was actually never mm. in. I, I went along with it all, but mm. I wasn't in. But I am now, and I can see it now." Praise God! Yeah, there you go. That's a good story. That yeah, is a good story. Pray for more of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, a couple of questions to, to bring us home. Uh, th- these are some good sort of uh, application-y type questions. Mm. So let's dive in. What, what's the line? I love these questions. Where's the line? Show me where the line is said. Uh, where's the line for things uh, of the flesh like hobbies, health, fitness, perhaps they're not sinful, but they can take away time from more godly type things. Um, and then how do you deal with that, perhaps from on a mental health aspect, e.g., I can go for a two-hour run and feel really happy, but struggle to read my Bible for 10 minutes a day and, and feel like a terrible Christian because of it. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It's it a really great question um, with lots of elements to it. Mm. Um, a, a bad Christian. Yeah, a, a terrible Christian. Terrible Christian. Yeah. Let me start with that phrase because that's an interesting phrase. Uh, I, I want to push back a little bit, and I hope this is helpful. Whoever okay. asked this question, yep. I, I don't think it's a good category to think of mm-hmm. that I'm a terrible Christian. What, is, what does that mean? Mm. A Christian is a Christian. Yeah, a Christian is someone who believes in Jesus. He is saved by faith through grace, yep. and so there's not kind of terrible Christians, good Christians. We're saved by faith through grace. Mm. Um, we're a Christian. We're, yeah. We belong to Jesus. Yep. As simple as that. You yep. Know? Uh, however, yes, we want, because God wants, healthy, growing, maturing, striving, uh, um, uh, thriving Christians. I mean, yes. that's what we're on about here at St. Paul's, isn't it? That's it. Um, and so, yes, God loves you as you are, but God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay as you are. He wants to yeah. mature you. And uh, part of that will be wanting to relate to God as your father. Mm. Um, spending time in his word, praying to him. They are great, godly disciplines to have in your life. Yep. And um, we want everyone to be growing in those areas. Yep. If you're reading the Bible 10 minutes a day at the moment, praise God. Yep. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, maturity for you might be over time um, that you will read your Bible for 12 minutes and mm. then 15 minutes. And yep progressing again not perfection yes but for this person who uh can run two hours what a machine very impressive yeah our guess is they probably didn't start (laughs) at two hours did they they probably when they first started running they probably maybe did 10 minutes like their bible reading yeah and then they grew as their muscles grew so we want people to be growing in that yeah um is there also a sense, though, like, I, I think that's really helpful, and we do, we want to encourage people in these spiritual disciplines yeah. to, to grow, but is it also worth saying that the spiritual disciplines are not the sum total of, your, of the whole of your Christian life? You can read the Bible for two hours a day um, and, and be completely unregenerate and completely yeah. Yeah. ungodly, yeah. Um, that, that, that 
Bible reading is at one level a means to an end. Yes. It's to know to know God, to relate to Him, to hear His call upon your whole life. To, Romans twelve to offer your whole body. Yes. So even while you're running for your two-hour marathon, you know uh, that you, you're doing that to Christ and for His. Do you, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's where I want to go next in terms of they seem to be uh, the the question seems to kind of say that the things of the flesh are things like hobbies and health. Yeah. So I want to push back a little bit and say the things of the flesh in terms of Romans 8 are yeah. sinful things. Yeah, flesh is a loaded word. It's not just... It's not just physical, physical stuff. Physical stuff. It's, it's stuff of the, 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 the realm opposed to Christ. That's the go. flesh. Yeah. So you don't want to equate that too closely with, hobbies. say, running. Yeah, um, especially you. you, you thank you. You want to keep that well out of, out of that. <laughs> Distance myself, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh, can things like hobbies and fitness become, if you like, unhealthy? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, well let's, uh, let's go back to Romans 12. Mm. Um, our whole life should be an act of worship to God. Yep. And so I can worship God by reading my Bible. I yep. can also worship God in the way that I run. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, personally, I, I relate to this in that I love running. <laughs> yeah. It's good for my mental health. Yeah. Uh, is there a danger that it becomes that those good things become a god thing? Yes. Yeah. If it's out of balance with other things, and maybe that's where this question is getting at. Is, yeah. is it a question of balance? Mm. Um, it's not that kind of running or looking after your mental health is a bad thing at all. Yep. If it becomes an ultimate thing, if yep. it becomes the good thing becomes a god thing, if it becomes an idol. Um, and then I have no time for the things of God, mm. those mm. spiritual disciplines, yep. then, yeah, there's probably a, a problem there. Mm. And for, for that, uh, it's probably good to talk to an older, wiser Christian to kind of say, this is my life, this is, this is my routine. Have I got the balance right? Yeah. I yep. think having someone else speak into your life at that point can be really, really helpful. Yep. Because we are called to, you know, seek first God's kingdom and, and we yep. are called to to practice these spiritual disciplines. Mm. Uh, but we don't want to say that things like physical health or mental health yes. are in the realms of the flesh yep. um, in and of themselves. I think that's right. And I think to, to sort of further strengthen, I think we also want to let what flows out of our spiritual disciplines, our prayer time, our Bible reading, we actually want to let that then take into the whole life uh, so that as you read a passage you know, that calls you to gentleness or patience or something like that, you don't just shut your Bible and then you're done with it. Great, sure. I, I heard that I'm supposed to be patient. <laughs> you actually go and be patient. Put that into practice. Exactly, and I think yeah. that, that is where actually your relationship with God moves beyond the 15-minute the devotion totally. or the, even the one-hour devotion into <clears throat> a life where your character is, is shaped to be like Christ. Yeah, and to be honest, that's one of the reasons why I think, and this is not a rule, but I guess perhaps personally, I think it's good to start the day with God's Word, yes. at least sometime in the morning. I mean, to be honest, I, I generally go to the gym first, <laughs> come home, have my Bible, and then do my quiet time. Sure. So, did I say that? Have my breakfast. Yes. Did I say Bible? Yep. Gym, breakfast, Bible. Yeah. Um, but to kind of um, spend that time with God first, roughly in the morning, yeah, yeah. does kind of give you something to kind of put into practice throughout the day. Yes. Now, yeah. some people can do that late at night, you yep. know, if they... Yep. 
fall asleep with that thought, maybe that they wake up with that thought the next day. But for me, yeah. having that time in the morning just kind yes. of sets the course yeah. and the direction of the day for yeah. me. So I mean, interesting, like, while we're talking spiritual disciplines, I've yeah. been listening to some sermons by Don Carson as part of my quiet times, just a bit, like a little bit each day. And he's, it, one is on the disciplines of a, of a Christian leader. And he strongly encourages you to, to pray at the start of the day. Not that you wouldn't finish the day with prayer, but he said if you pray at the end of the day, you tend to do more looking backwards and giving thanks ah. rather than looking forwards and, uh, I guess, uh, praying and anticipating and thinking in- intelligently about the day ahead. And, and, and giving thanks is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing, <laughs> but, but if that's all, if that's the sum total, yes. there, there needs to be a sense in which yes. you actually think and shape your day and the yeah. way ahead yeah. uh, by the things of God. Yeah, nice. I like that. Okay, uh, we've got one, one to go. Okay. And, uh, what does it look like to put to death the misdeeds of the body? That's the phrase in verse 13. Yeah. Uh, daily. How, what does that look like? Yeah. So we touched about touched on this a little bit on, on Sunday. Um, I, I think the first step is to identify the sin in your life. Yep. And you can do that daily. And even to daily confess your sins is mm. a good discipline to, to do, yep. in, in, which would involve obviously calling to mind your sin. Yep. Um, so identify a, a sin that you can be working on putting to death. Uh, then prayerfully kind of work out a strategy for how to kill that sin. And I think that involves things like identifying when, when you're susceptible to temptation. You know, mm. What are the circumstances? You know, um, is it when you're uh, angry, hungry, lonely, tired? Mm. Um, those are often triggers that, yeah. that Satan uses. Yeah. Um, uh, so identify the, the triggers, the temptations, the circumstances, and then obviously try and remove yourself from those. Yeah. Um, you know, as Jesus says, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. In other yep. words, try and remove the temptation as much as you can. Yeah. And again, you can do that daily. Um, having someone as an accountability partner is a good um, way to help you in that daily struggle. And and I get you know, covenant eye reports daily from some people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to daily, you know, yeah. trying to put sins and look, looking for help from another to, to do that. Yeah, because we because this is such a battle, uh, we don't fight it alone because we have the spirit, but also we don't fight it alone because we have each other and we yeah. have to, to lean on each other. Yep. Uh, and then again, I think I'd pray, uh, asking God to empower you for the daily fight. Mm. And then mm. in light of the the Tim Keller quote, you know, keep reminding yourself daily that. You are loved by God, you know, mm. and that God wants what's best for you. And so keep putting sin to death um, in the context, in the understanding that God does love you yeah. uh, is really, really important as well. Very good. Well, that, that kind of brings us to, to the end of the questions of, that we've come in. Um, so I want to say a huge thanks to you for, for sending them in. Uh, yeah, please, please keep them coming. Uh, please, we're carrying on in Romans this Woo! Sunday. Um, you're not preaching it, but can you give us a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a sweetener as to what's ahead of us. Oh yeah, yeah. I, um, if I can do it justice, uh, <laughs> verse seventeen uh, introduced the idea that we are children of God. Uh, we will have glory, and yet there will be suffering. We will yeah. share in His suffering, as yeah. and so verse eighteen. Yeah. picks that up there's kind of three groanings that happen in this passage there's mm. creation groaning yep. um, there is we groan yes um, all to do with suffering and 
that in the context of that, God's spirit groans for, for us. us. Yeah. So look out for those three groanings. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Robbie's going <laughs> to highlight those three, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's the way um, the passage kind of. And then yeah. the, the wonderful, again, assurance, you know, that all things are going to work ultimately for our good. Even the suffering somehow yeah. will yeah. ultimately work for our good, which is to make us more like Jesus, which is what the Holy Spirit is helping us to become. Very good. Looking forward to it. Mate, thank you. That's it for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Well done. We'll get to the end, those of you who stuck with us to the end. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you here at church, God willing. Uh, morning church back in person. Oh, so excited. Week. Yeah, Sunday schools are up. We did it with North Rocks North last, last week. week. Yeah. So exciting to see the kids back. That's Can't brilliant. Wait to see the, the family church. And for those online, we'll see you there. And we'll see you here on the extras next week.